Hello everybody, welcome back to Discussing Doodles. The podcast where we talk about an animated movie from a different animation studio each week. Before we begin, we just want to say that some spoilers will be ahead. So if you've yet to see this movie and don't want it spoiled, stop listening now. Final disclaimer, when we get excited, we tend to swear. Although we talk about family movies, this isn't a family podcast. You You have have been been warned. Hello. The droid is ready. Hiya. <laughs> I was about to ask them how they were. How are you guys? How are you? That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome back to Discussing Doodles. I am Mark. I am Luke. And it's Don Bluth week. Don Bluth day. Week. Day. Yeah, day. Week. Episode. Podcast. Not a Don Bluth podcast, is it? <laughs> um, last Don week Bluth. was... Jib. Jibs. We watched only yesterday. Yeah. That um, was interesting, wasn't it? A very different kind of movie. Yes. It, um, I think, as we said on the podcast, came across as a very real, grown-up, mm. live-action-y rom-com mm. kind of thing, as um, opposed to an animated movie. Um, I pre- as, as we said as well, I appreciated it for what it was. But I'm in no hurry to see it again. No, that's fair enough. Yeah. That is fair enough. I also think give it a year or so and I think I would have forgotten about it. Yeah. Didn't quite impact us in the way that Grover the Fireflies did. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Who did you sound like? You sound like Tarzan. When he's <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, when he's doing Jane's voice. <laughs> Yeah. Talking of which, we oh. said we were going to start doing impressions in the episodes, mm. and we didn't do any for the last two episodes. The last two, and Alice had some good ones. Yeah. So before we start... Oh no. <laughs> what are we doing? Rockadoodle ones? Alice in Wonderland. Alice in Wonderland ones. Um, damn. Or should we come back to it at the end? I just don't think I'm very good at any Alice in Wonderland impressions. No, me neither. Are you? No, no, I can't. Do I pick any. a character for you and you see if you can do it? Yeah, I can't remember what half of them sound like. Mad Hatter. So the Mad Hatter is the bloke from. You don't need to tell them who he is. <laughs> no, I'm telling myself. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bloke from Mary Poppins. On yes, the on the ceiling, Uncle George. So here's he's what he's, he's, not he's like in that one. <laughs> he's like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't he? Does he have a lisp? That's a mad hat. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Yeah, that's quite good. That wasn't bad. I'll accept that. You're welcome. <laughs> okay. Have you opened your can. It was already. I, I was drinking it during Doctor Who. Oh, what travesty! I know. Um, okay, so let's come back to that later. Okay. Uh, this week we're talking about Rockadoodle, which is an actual Don Bluth film mm-hmm. sometimes now we're not doing actual Don Bluth films we're just doing films that are related to Don Bluth on yes, Don Bluth like week in, yeah like sequels studios and... or sequels yeah. yeah yeah this is a legitimate, legitimate. Don Bluth movie <laughs> yeah um, it's called Rockadoodle and I feel like that's kind of special because we're discussing Rockadoodle do Rockadoodle Rock-a- on discussing doodles, doodles. Yeah. I really want to call it Rockadoodle do yeah I want to do you feel do. like it's missing the do mm, discussing doodles do <laughs> <laughs> Discussing Doodles Day. <laughs> wow. um, so this is a 
was gonna like start saying what kind of movie it is, and I realised that's what you normally do. Wow, steal my thunder. That's Go what on. I'm here for. You I don't do anything do, else. Do, in give, this give me a genre. Okay, so this is a 1991 live action animated musical comedy film. I completely forgot that there were live action segments in this movie. Baffled the fucking life out of me. We're but... watching the beginning, and the opening scene turns out to be. A boy having a story read to him. Yeah. And he just slams his finger down on the page. But his finger just appeared in the cartoon suddenly. And I was like, wait, what? I was so confused. Yeah. I th- I always said, I think I said it last week. I think I'd seen it before. But watching it, I don't think I have. No? Or at least if I have, unfortunately, I've forgotten, forgotten all about of it. it. See, I'd forgotten about the live action side of it. Yes. Until I saw it and suddenly it all came it all back clicked, to me. yeah. yeah. To, to be fair, I've, I recognise characters so i feel like i have seen it yeah. before but like oh my god i didn't remember hardly any of it no so go on tell us about it luke okay so Do this is rockadoodle is loosely based on a f- on a french poet i nearly said it's not <laughs> it's loosely based on french poet edmund rostan's 1910 comedy play chanticleer called chanticleer yeah i think chanticleer goes back further than that i think the character Chanticleer, but not the story, right? Goes back to like the Canterbury Tales, to back back okay. to like medieval, right? Sort of wouldn't surprise stories. me because it's sort of that like superstition that when the rooster cockadoodles, <laughs> he summons the sun to yes. come up, and that to me sounds like that sort of superstition that they would come up with in the really really olden days. Yes. That oh, we get woken up by the rooster as the sun comes up. You can imagine people of medieval times. Saying that like, the rooster is waking the, the sun. The rooster wakes up the sun. Yeah, yeah so I yeah. can imagine that. Uh, but yeah, so uh, Chanticleer was a verse play in four acts. Bloody hell. I know. Um, Some all... blokes playing a chicken in France in 1910. 1910, isn't that crazy? <laughs> so all the characters are farmyard animals. And as we've said, the lead is a rooster called Chanticleer. And he said... Charles Leclerc. Charles Leclerc. <laughs> it's Chanticleer who believes his crowing, as the internet calls it, but yes. I call it cockadoodling. <laughs> he believes his cockadoodling yeah, nice. makes the sunrise. And the story is that nighttime birds plot to stop Chanticleer from bringing up the sun. Yeah. And that story point from the play is taken and brought into the film. Um, basically, it happens straight away. Straight away. It's basically the prologue. Yeah. They call it an epilogue. Remember, they come at the end. Mm-hmm. Change my mind. Prologue. Prologue. Well done. Good job. Prolapse. Um, <laughs> so, um, the idea... Oh, no, what was, I was going to say some more. Yeah, apparently the, the show opened with um, a voiceover sort of thing, telling the audience to imagine themselves in a barn and that they're about to see the world of animals. And I, th- I don't know how they did this in 1910, but apparently some sort of magnifying glass was brought down so that they could see the animals up close and thus they were people-sized. But that baffles me because some barnyard animals are, like, bigger than people. Yeah. <laughs> like, the fucking pigs and shit. Yeah. Why do you want a magnifying like a glass to see a pig? Yeah. yeah. So an interesting choice back in the 1910s. Yeah, they but, were um... drunk. <laughs> Um, so the idea of an animated Chanticleer story dated as far back as early Disney. Mm-hmm. Um, but Walt Disney himself rejected the pitch. There are so actual really go anywhere. concept artworks done by Mark Davis, who's one of the Nile Men. Nile Men. I mean, they still exist to this day. I haven't found any yet. 
Right. Um, but I have a but look. But they're out there. If I find them, I'll put them on our Twitter. Lovely. There's um, a little thing for you. Yeah. Follow us on Twitter at Disc Doodles. Nice. Thank you. Um, but yeah, so like it, it was an actual thing. There were animators properly pitching for it. Mm. Um, yeah. Which is cute. I, I can see the fascination, particularly in early Disney. Um, their sort of vibe I can see the fascination of wanting to do a story about a rooster that brings up the sun we it, say this about Don Bluth a lot and yes. it is true that he the way he made his films was as if he was making films in the golden era of Disney yeah it really he's is. making films that are that sort of Pinocchio yeah, Dumbo, Dumbo style yeah. yeah it is that vibe and they have that kind of weirdness because back in the 30s and early 40s you could get away with that because there was no animated movies to compare it to so yes. when pink elephant started coming out and doing weird things and, <laughs> you know all this weird shit was happening yeah. we just took it for granted i say we they. audiences just took it for granted because that's 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 what happened what happened yeah but then when don bluth was doing the same thing in the 80s and 90s we were we had the Renaissance Disney and yes. uh, DreamWorks and stuff to compare it to, so yeah. we were like, "What are you fucking doing?" Yeah. Bro? <laughs> like... I know. It definitely doesn't. This film, Rock a Doodle, doesn't fit nineties movies. Not at all. But even the live action segments felt I older, genuinely didn't felt it? like I was watching some old. The film came out a year movie. before I was born. Yeah, but I felt like I was watching a film that came out forty years before you were when born. when mum and dad were born. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, literally. It, it's but what I was going to say is discussing doodles. One of the things I found really, really interesting is watching the early Disney movies alongside the early Don Bluth movies right. and seeing the fact that he's following that formula. Yeah, and he really is. And, you know, that that's that's where, you know, we sort of, when you say sort of the thing like, what the fuck are you doing when you look at things like Disney Renaissance and stuff? But at the same time, I think that was a, it's a very deliberate thing that Don wanted. He wanted and to do that, yeah. He nails it. He nails that vibe. Hundred percent. So, yeah, like, it's just weird watching it in the nineties. If you compare or having it come out, Rock a Doodle that came out the same year as Beauty and the Beast yeah. to Beauty and the Beast, they're worlds apart. Worlds. If you compare Rock a Doodle to Alice in Wonderland, it mm. came out in nineteen fifty one. So it came out forty. I don't. Know, I can't do the maths. Forty years earlier. Yeah. Right. They're not that different. They're not that different. And yeah. I thought of Alice in Wonderland, actually, because we were talking on the, the podcast two weeks ago about how they wanted that live-action segment to slip yeah. into animation and how it would, re- I think, really work with Alice in Wonderland. Almost think it would have worked better than this film. But I appreciated what this film did with it because it did sort of turn out to be that the animated segment of it was dream. Almost. Sort of. Yeah. But yeah. also not. It was kind of left to interpretation. Interpretation, yeah. Um, which which I really like, yeah, yeah. Because other otherwise, it's like, why is there an animated world and a live action world? Mm. But when you make it set, when you say things like, "Oh, it's a dream," or it's whatever you want it to be, it's like, okay, I can live with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Don Bluth began pre-production in 1982, mm-hmm. uh, but the project soon fell into development limbo. I like that as a term. Yeah. Development. development limbo because before when we were talking about Alice in Wonderland yes. we were saying that Disney shelved it shelved it yes but yes. Development, development limbo 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 lingo <laughs> you don't <laughs> um, but and I understand this because these were some of the vibes I got as well after the success of Who Framed Roger Rabbit Don Bluth then wanted to tell the story through both live action and animation yeah. um, 
and initially they wanted the beginning and the end of the film to be black and white live action like the wizard of oz yeah that's kind of they wanted the animated stuff to be crazy color Hmm. and i think that's a nice vibe to go down but to be fair the live action stuff wasn't brightly colored anyway it was all very bleak and bland Mm. and farmyard living in the rain yes it wasn't very like technicolor was it no not at all and i I think that's obviously they were going for that that vibe because of the duke's influence Mm. on what was happening in the story yes yeah so yeah so the base the basic story was chanticleer the rooster summons the sun with his -a -a Mm cockadoodle until the owls came and beat him up essentially um, to the point that he was so injured that he didn't cock-a-doodle and the sun came up anyway and all the barn animals were like, whoa, what a fucking charlatan. Fake. Yeah, yeah, we didn't, we didn't need, need you. you anyway. And then um, in the live action world, we meet a little boy called Edmund who is dealing with the rain and stuff, which was another thing that Chanticleer sort of did and he Kept sort of scared rain away. away rain clouds yeah. and he made it just forever sunny. And... Um, it was raining in the barn and the boy comes across the Duke of Owls, who's the villain. Mm-hmm. And the Duke of Owls somehow turned his whole world animated and turned the boy into a cat. An animated cat. And then, All at the same time. Yeah, the little boy and some of the farmyard animals, animals then go on a journey to find Chanticleer and bring yes. him back. Yes. And he at this point has turned into essentially the rooster version of Elvis. They yes. call him the king, the king, and he's playing in Las Vegas. Well, it's not called Las Vegas; it's called Big City. Yes, yeah, and it was. Um, it looks like pink, Vegas. Pinky Wood. Pinky Wood. Yeah, Instead actually, yes, Hollywood. it also looks like Hollywood yeah. as well. Yeah, it's yeah. kind of an amalgamation of, of all those big American cities. cities yeah. yeah, where people have a showbiz lifestyle. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that's the kind of story, and they're basically trying to get him back to scare off the owls and the rain. Yeah. Um. Which I kind of I like it as a cute little 90s animated storyline. It's yeah. very cute. You can I can very much see where they were going with it. Yes. I don't I, know if the execution is perfect. Me neither. I'm not sure why the Duke of Owls turned everything animated and turned a boy into a cat. I, well, I, said, I know he said kittens are easier to digest. Yes. I know he was planning to eat, eat him. Yeah. But, you know, I know obviously he, Don Bluth was inspired by Who Framed Rod Rabbit, but sometimes I'm just like, why didn't we just have a story about a cat? Yes. Called Edmund. Why yeah. did we need the boy, need boy in the first place? You know? Yeah. It's, no, it's that kind you. of vibe I where I'm you. like, why, why did we need to have a little boy who lives on the farm get turned into a cat and then find Chanticleer? We mm. could have just had a cat that wanted to find Chanticleer. So do you have a score for the story? Yeah, I think I'm going to give it a 6.5. Okay. Do you have a favourite part? Of the story? Yeah. Um, classic Luke vibes. I very much enjoyed whenever the villains were on screen. Yeah. Um, which is a standard. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's about it, really. Yeah. <laughs> well, I did enjoy the rap. I didn't hate this film. No. Um, but I also didn't love it. Okay. Did I'm going to give a it a 6.5 as well. 6.5? Um, my favourite bit, probably, I did like the climax at the end. I liked when Chanticleer came back into full power. Yes, and, and finally did bring the sun back. Yes. And yeah, what was, was really cool. funny was that the weather, the legitimate weather outside our window was matching the film, oh, which was very strange. Was weird. We had, when the owls had bought the rain, we had the biggest 
shower outside, yeah. didn't we? It and was... at one point, the rain was going diagonally on the screen, and, and outside it was doing the same diagonal same line. And I said to Mark, this feels weird, and Mark was like, I was just about to say that. Like, <laughs> yeah. it just felt really strange. And then I'm pretty sure once Chanticleer brought the sun back, we didn't, unfortunately, have sun, but the rain the stopped. Rain stopped. Yeah. And it was like, this is a bit creepy. The TV and the world matched weather yeah. today. That was strange. That was strange. 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 Right. Characters. Okay, there were a few. There is a few. I've sort of written down the main few. Go on, let's go through them. Um, so we've got Edmund, who mm-hmm. we've already discussed, was the little boy who got turned into a cat and went on the quest to find Chanticleer. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a Don Bluth trope, right? He likes to get people away from their home and on a quest to go yes. and do something, isn't yes. it? Is there something you were going to bring up? No, um... Don Bluth's tropes are normally migration, mm-hmm. which doesn't really happen in this, but no. kind of on a smaller scale, maybe, yes. because they do have to leave their, home leave their home due to the flood. Yeah, there's always some sort of home danger, isn't there? Yes, yeah. Um, and his other trope is a magical item or important item that somebody's holding, and I don't think this had one. I don't know if it did either. Yeah. Or did it? If it did, we missed it. We did miss it. But I don't think there was one. But the, no. yeah, you're you're right. The migrating away from a from, from the a, home from the home to go and do something and find something. Yeah, that was prominent with Edmund. Um, obviously the character Chanticleer, as we've spoken about yeah. him many times, um, and we've sort of said he sort of becomes this Elvis-like thing. That's so kind he of was fun. Voiced by Glenn, a singer called Glenn Campbell, right? Who was in life friends with. Elvis Presley and he used to as a joke do impressions of Elvis at his shows once Elvis died he retired the impressions out of respect respect, but he brought them back for Chanticleer he's very good at it yeah he is I have to say the Elvis vibe was strong with Mm. Chanticleer Um, I quite like the character of Chanticleer as well yeah, he was he was inoffensive, think, wasn't think, he? Right? Yeah, but I think I kind of love this like that he was like cocky and stuff, but then got brought down and kind of like ran away from it all yeah. and started this new life elsewhere and had to be reminded of his old life. He really wasn't the main character though, was he? No, he wasn't. But you kind of think he's going to be, don't yeah, you? When yeah. it's, it's called fucking Rocker Doodle, and he's there on the front cover, and like, he's on the yeah. cover. He's you start the film with him, but yeah, he's really not. Um, but he is a fun. I really liked him as a character. Yeah. There was Goldie. Mm-hmm. Not my favourite. So Which Goldie, again, we're getting influence from who flamed, framed Roger Rabbit here. Flamed. Flamed. Cooked um, Rabbit. A very popular part of Roger Rabbit was his wife. Yes. Jessica. Yes. She is iconic. Very, very well. And she I is iconic. think Don Bluth was trying to replicate that here. Um, to the point where, at test screenings, yeah. he was asked to cover her cleavage. Right. So in this movie, she's got feather, feathers on her bust. Right. Right. Yes, this is the thing we're saying here. Okay, the the sexy, flaunty female character wasn't even a human being. No, she but was a bird. Her and Chanticleer were both. They both had very human proportions. They did. They just had beaks. They just had beaks. I just don't know how I felt about her. One as a character, which is weird, because normally I love. The female characters. Mm. They're always, like, my favourites. But I found her really, like, annoying. And then, like, I just didn't like the design. I don't know what it was, but it was just something about her made me feel very uncomfortable. Mm. I don't know what she it was. She was heavily sexualised. Yeah, it's probably that that made yeah. me uncomfortable. And, um... But I don't know why, but with Jessica Rabbit, I find it, like, cool. Like but I guess powering. that's because she's so, like, 
she's an she's like an iconic yeah. animated character, isn't she? And you you're expecting it, whereas I think maybe I just wasn't expecting such a like sexy woman. <laughs> it's funny thing. because I, like I'm trying to like there was a little bit of time where like cartoon characters were quite sexualized. I remember yes. I always remember how um, sexualized the mouse was in Basil. Yeah. In the club, yeah. So it was around that kind of like that sort of late eighties, early nineties. Yeah, that's obviously where Jessica Rabbit was about as well. Yeah. Um, well, I where... suppose it could stretch to early two thousands with the El Dorado that we watched a couple yes. of years back. She and was like Lola Bunny. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. So like it, it was kind of a thing. And yes. Yeah, it was. I think society's moved. Disney didn't. I mean, after the um, the mouse. I don't think Disney went there again. I think that was... No, yeah. They that shut was, that down. Uh, really. Although I would... Maybe Esmeralda, but... Yes. That was in a slightly different kind of way. Yeah, and that's a very... Um, well, I suppose Basil is as well, but they're, they're sort of darker, more adult Disney films anyway. Yes. Yeah. Hunchback and Basil the Great Mouse Detective. Yeah. They're very. They're sort of of an older audience than like four-year-olds, five-year-olds. Yeah, I would say... I, feel, I would agree, but, yeah. So um, I don't know if that's why they can get away with it that little bit more. But it's just yeah. interesting. It's something you, you wouldn't see that in mainstream animation very much anymore. No, not today. Sometimes, sometimes maybe. Sometimes, yeah, um, in anime, you would. Yes. For sure. Very much so. They love a sexy lady. They do. They and love a, a short skirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they'll, they'll definitely like sexualize things. Um, but in Western animation, you don't see it so much anymore. I'm trying to think of a recent example. And I think maybe... I. Like, I could say, <sighs> Helen Parr. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> she is like, quite sexy, isn't she? Yeah, the, yeah. that's probably about, like, as as much as I can think. Like, yeah, it's just not really done anymore. No, I'm sure not, DreamWorks have done it, to be fair. They do that kind of shit, don't they? Yeah, not that anybody springs. Springs <laughs> to mind. And then... Uh, but yeah, Goldie, she was just an interesting... Thing. Yeah, I think it's a sign of the times, really. Yeah, truth. Um, I also just personally don't think she brought that much to the story. No. I don't think she needs to be agree. there. Um, we had, I don't know how to say it, Patu, Patau? Patu, Patu, yeah, I think it was. Who was a dog who wore jeans and was Shoes. trying to tie trying his shoelaces throughout the whole film. Managed Edmund to do it taught him how to do it. Yeah, which is very sweet. Um, you can say it or am I? You can say it, Mark. So we were like, oh my god, I recognise that voice. And I'm so ashamed that we didn't get it right away. I know. Um, I he... thought it was somebody trying to do an impression. Yeah. Because he didn't sound exactly the same as how we're used to him. But yeah. you've got to remember this is 20 years later. 20 years after that, yeah. Um, he was voiced by Phil Harris. Um, and if any of you are Disney buffs, you might recognise that name. Yeah. Um, I know he's had a, a vast career outside of animated movies. But I feel like most people know him best. As the voice of Blue the Bear, yeah. Thomas O'Malley, yeah. and Little John. Yeah. I think we actually spoke about him in the Alice in Wonderland podcast. I think we were talking about the Disney contracts. Yes, because he did three movies re- in a row. Returning voices, yeah. yeah. So Phil Harris, I mean, it's a nostalgic, iconic voice, isn't Lovely it? Lovely voice, yeah. Um, but yeah, like you say, it's 20 years after that. But to me, you said, it's not Phil Harris. And I was like, I think it's someone doing an impression of Phil Harris. Yeah. But it was Phil Harris. It was Phil. Um, it just didn't sound a hundred percent, but I also think he was putting on a very even more like southern droll. He was, and also he was eighty seven at the time. Wow. It was his last film role Bless before him. he passed away. Bless him. Um, 
yeah, so, you know, he's 87 years old in the recording booth. Yeah. It's, your voice is going to sound a little bit different to when you're 67, even though he's quite old when he played. Yeah. Um, Little John or, yeah, yeah but even still. Even still. <laughs> and then we had um, the Grand Duke, who was our villain of the film. Um, the Grand Duke of the Owls, uh, who was played by Christopher Plummer. Yeah, that was brilliant. Who's been on the podcast before. Has he? I'm sure of it. Has he? Christopher Plummer. He was the <laughs> French pigeon in oh an American tale. Oh my god, he was. That just on, hit me. Henri le pigeon. Ho- yeah, Henry, Henry. Henry the pigeon. Henry the pigeon, as I call him. That was Christopher Plummer. <laughs> that was. And Christopher Plummer right. will return in up when we get there. Do you know what? He might sneak in before. And maybe before. Who knows? Find out. Uh, but yeah, he's probably most known for being in The Sound of Music. Yeah. I guess. And most recently known for being in Knives Out. He but also he's... was the guy that rescued that movie, do you remember? Because Kevin Spacey was in it. And they were going to have to... It it was coming oh, out yeah. just after it all come out about Kevin Spacey. Kevin Spacey yeah. They were going to have to get rid of it. And yeah. Christopher Plummer went in and did all his did scenes all... and got yeah. sort of green screened in front of him sort of thing. Yes. It was really cool. Yeah. yeah, he's just like a he's Hollywood great. legend, really, yeah. isn't he? And he was so good at um, the Grand Duke. He's yeah, good he at really being was. a villain, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah. Um, so and then we had Snipes and Peepers, who... Peepers. Peepers. I don't know why I said it like that. <laughs> Snipes and Peepers. Peepers. Um, Snipes was a magpie and Peepers was a mouse. So Snipes, I don't know what, his, what the actor's name is, but Snipes was voiced by the guy who was... Eugene. Oh yeah, in, in Greece. Greece. You said that. Yeah, and you can hear it. And in Greece too. Yeah. yeah. Yes, and Peepers is a mouse who I didn't like. She was horrible. <laughs> she just kept yelling at Edmund all the yeah. time. I'm like, he's a little boy stuck in a cat body. Can you give him some slack? He, she was like, Oh, Edmund, you have to drive this car. And he's like, I've never driven before. She's like, Just do it, Edmund. Just do it, Edmund. And then later <laughs> on, they were trying to break the connection between the car and the big truck thing that's attached yeah. to it. And she was like, we need to break it. And he was like, I can't. And she's like, do it, Edmund. And I'm like, poor boy. (laughs) He is a legitimate child stuck in the body of a cat in a world that he's very confused with. And this fucking mouse yelling at him, putting pressure on him. Yeah. Getting the bin peepers. (laughs) Fucking peepers. Um, And then we had Hunch as well, who is the Grand Duke's nephew and henchman all Mm -hmm. at the same time, who is voiced by Charles Nelson Riley who's been on the podcast before. He has. He was the voice of Killer in All Dogs Go to Heaven. Yeah. And continues to voice Killer through Throughout. all of the, the, yeah. the sequels and stuff. So Christopher Plummer and Charles Nelson Reilly have been in Don Bluth movies before. They this have. One. Um, Hunch. Hunch. I will say it was my favourite character. I think he made me laugh the most. Yes. he yeah. actually. We actually laughed out loud a few times at him. Yeah. He was very I can't remember what he I said. There he was had like, he, he said kept, a word. He kept exclaiming these words that always began with A, I felt. Like yeah. he'd be like, oh, abomination and things. Yeah. Um, that's my impression of the day done. I'm doing no more. Mm, no, that's not it. <laughs> um, and <laughs> To get his voice, I'd have to do, I always get emotional at Christmas time. <laughs> <laughs> um, what's, what, what are we doing as impressions? We're going to do them now. Rockadoodle ones. I guess characters make sense, right? Yeah, so... um, Patel? 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 Yeah. What does he say? Uh, 
I can't uh, tie my shoelaces. <laughs> that was quite good. Thank you. Um, what does he say? It says, um, look for the bear. <laughs> you can't keep referencing the other movies. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I'm not very good at impressions. Snipes. Snipes is like... Um, uh, um, <laughs> he was like Chanticleer. Go on, do the do the Chanticleer. What's he? What are you saying? He was like, rain, rain, go away. <laughs> <laughs> Rock a doodle do. I was just if somebody asked me to do impression of Chanticleer, I'd just say thank you, thank you very much. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, <laughs> done with it. Um, yeah, Patu was just like. Um, <laughs> he like narrated it, didn't he? So he was like, "Here on the farm." <laughs> yeah, he sounded like Annabelle's wish. <laughs> yeah, he did. <laughs> now, Annabelle always wanted to fly with the reindeer. Santa <laughs> Claire wanted to cock a doodle do. And one day, the sun rose without him. <laughs> and they realized he was a fraud. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That'd be. Yeah, that'd be. So what are we giving the carries? I, I actually, it, like, I think they're like a, quite, quite a cute bunch of characters. Yeah, they're a nice highlight of the film. I think I'm going to remain consistent and go 6.5 again. All right. I am going to agree. Okay. Weird. Weird that is. Weird that is. Animation. Animation. Um, this is my favourite kind of animation. Yeah, Mark's all over this like a rash. I love it so much. And there were so many... Lovely moments in this movie. One of my favourites. Although, it, like you said, it didn't make so much sense in the story. No, to look it at. was great to look at. It was awesome. So the owl is breathing all over the real world and turning it into an animated world with his breath. But uh, that sounds so stupid and bizarre. It was stupid and bizarre. But it looked really cool. <laughs> but it cool. looked great. Seeing the real things be sweeped over and, and become, become animated... animated. It was really it was nicely done as well. Yeah, it really was. Um, character designs were very very Don Bluth. Yeah. Um, very anthropomorphic. Yes, the animals more so than they needed to be, maybe. Yeah. Um, for example, uh, Patu. He didn't need to be wearing jeans. No, oh shit. Because he was on all fours. Yeah. It just looked weird. Yeah. Um, it's like giving Charlie B. Barkin some jeans. Yeah. If he had just it. been a naked dog, it would have been better. <laughs> it would have. Um, but, that being said, Chanticleer and Goldie... Yeah, it fits. It fits them being more humanised. So I understand that you're going with a consistent yeah. theme of yeah. the characters. Particularly him becoming an Elvis impersonator. Yeah. You can't do that with just a chicken. <laughs> no. So, you need yeah, to dress so the I, chicken I up. I understand it. I get it. Um... Obviously, you know, I've got a lot of respect for Don Bluth. He is one of my favourite filmmakers of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 can always, I think I can always see where he was going with it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really... I mean, it's all, it's all traditional animation. Um, some of the stuff they were doing with this animation as well, by this point, Disney were CGIing this. Yes, of course, yes. And Don Bluth wasn't. Yeah. That opening scene was really incredible. It was cool. Where we swooped down. We were began in an aerial view and swooped yeah. down through the barn mm. and up to Chanticleer, who was singing. singing yeah. That was really cool because it looked like it could have been CG. Mm. 
with the way it was done. The motion of it yeah. was, was fluid. Smooth. It was very smooth. That yeah. was the most impressive bit for me. Yeah. Which also, is funny because it was how um, it opened. Not saying it went downhill after, but that was just The vehicles were very smooth. Yes, they were impressive. Um, they were really impressive. And just, as always with Don Bluth, the character movement and the character personalities in their movement is is very, very good. Um, I think with that kind of thing, Don Bluth is sort of second or third only to Disney when they're doing it right. Yeah. And Studio Ghibli. Yeah. Really. When they're doing it right nowadays. True. Well, you know, we won't go into that. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I love the animation. Some For some reason, though, it feels more dated than it should. Yes, I... Because even The Land Before Time, which came out three years before, yeah. feels newer than this. I was going to say, I don't know what it is about this, but it seemed like a dip yeah. in comparison to even All Dogs. All Dogs. Yeah. Land Before Time, maybe even Secret Nim. It could be a smaller budget. Yeah. Or something along yeah. those lines. So I feel like it, it wasn't was... the best on Blue so far, animation wise. No, definitely not. Um but it was charming. It was. it was for me it was nice to look at. I enjoyed yeah. sort of discovering that world and yeah. and looking at the world that, that they had built and it just all looked it looked coherent with itself. Yes. Um, so I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a seven point five. I think. Oh my god! I was gonna do that. Now I look like a copy. <laughs> so agreeable today. Oh, we, we, we were last, last week. Time. Last week we agreed on like everything. Yeah, we did. Well, we actually did last week. Well, we'll see what happens. Oh, why are we being so nice to each other? I don't know. <laughs> what did we do with Alice? Oh, Alice, we had a big disagreement. Yeah, we did. Story, I think. Story. You yeah. were like, shy. I was like, great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, music. Talk to me. Okay, so it was composed by a guy called Robert Folk. And the songs were done by TJ... I don't know how to say that without swearing. <laughs> I think his name is TJ... Cunster? <laughs> you didn't actually swear because you put the S between the N and the T. Because that's where it is. Yeah. Cunster. Cunster or Kion. Cunster? I'm so sorry. I'm just going to call him Teej. TJ. Yeah. Songs by TJ, um, who was one of the songwriters <laughs> for All Dogs Go to Heaven. Okay. Um, and then what we have. <laughs> what a Cunster. Oh, I'm so sorry. It's a horrible surname. <laughs> um, right. And then we also had the Jordanaires, who are an American vocal quartet. Okay. Who did a lot of the backing vocals for Charles Leclerc and the Grand Duke. I was going to say. Yeah. One of our favourite bits was the fact that the evil owl henchmen that followed yes. the Grand Duke around, they all sort of sang everything, didn't they? <laughs> everything. And it was We don't like the sun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Their um... batteries are out. <laughs> yeah. So we had some songs. I've sort of written down the ones that I thought were most memorable. All the owls songs, which are We Hate the Sun, Tweedledee and the Owls Picnic. Okay. All yeah. bangers, Great. I feel. We had the Bouncers song. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, Charlotte Claire had some frog or toad bouncers, don't know yeah. which, uh, but they bounced. Mm, and they the bounced. bounced. song, yeah. Um, and then Charlotte Claire's songs, Sun Do Shine and Rock-A-Doodle, mm-hmm. we had the title drop. I love a title drop. I love a title drop. I love a title drop when the thing is a title. You know, obviously, yes. like, when you watch something like Aladdin, you're obviously going to get a fucking title <laughs> drop, yeah. and it's not that exciting. No. But when you have something that's got a 
a proper title when yeah. you hear it in the film it's like yeah i love it yeah there's a lot of films where the titles are not mentioned at all no not at all like um <laughs> i say it and then suddenly can't think of any the lamb for time lamb for time because i don't even know what time is so why would they say the narrator that? says it i'm sure does he this is the land before time. I think he does. I think he might. I'm not sure. Jungle Book. Yeah, they wouldn't say it in Jungle Book. They wouldn't book, say would they? we're in a Jungle Book, would the they? The Lion King. The Lion King. Not Never uttered. Says. That's the Lion Sleeping King Beauty. over there. No. Beauty and the Beast. Oh, yeah, that's in the song. That's in the fucking song. <laughs> yeah, um, Princess and the Frog. An American Tale. Yeah. Yeah. All dogs go to heaven. Do they you even say that? say that. I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just trying to think the of Don Blue Mermaid. Little Mermaid. Nobody says that. No. No. So there are some. Oliver and Company. Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and there are some where they say the title in the film. And I like it. We've got a tangent here. Like we? I said, I, obviously I don't give anyone brownie points when your film's called Bambi. Aladdin, Pocahontas, Tarzan. Like, of course they're going to fucking say the title. Yeah. But I do love it when a title Rock is uttered. Doodle. And this one, like Beauty and the Beast, has it, it in a song, song. Which is really fun. Mm. I like it. Yeah, title song, basically. Um, I quite liked the songs. They're not bangers. They're no. not overly memorable. I'm not no. going to remember them even probably by next week. But when I watched the film, I enjoyed the songs. I did. One of the songs... The Sun Do Shine really reminded me of a song in All Dogs Christmas Carol, which is a um, director video sequel to All Dogs Go to Heaven, um, and that is that has unfortunately become my earworm. Yes, from from this, this. film. So I haven't got any of the actual songs. Too. All I've got is High Time to Clean Up Your Act. Me in too. My head instead. Yeah, because it's, it's the Sun Sun Do Shine sounded so much yeah. like it. Um, yeah, but no, I wasn't mad at the music. Um, like I say, they haven't really particularly come up with any, like, bangers, per no. se. Um, but right now, in where we are at the point of Series 6, quite possibly some of my favourite songs. Yeah. Because I obviously Only Yesterday doesn't really have any. Have any, no. And I'm not going to lie, Alice Wonderland doesn't really have any bangers either. No. So the owls singing things like, we don't like the sun, is definitely like <laughs> well, I think top tier for me. Sun so Do far. Shine, if I heard it again, would probably be my favourite song of this season so far. Right, so far. So far, but it's early days. Best moment that... of your life so far. <laughs> that being said, though, Go on. Don Bluth's movie All Dogs Go to Heaven, Let's Make Music Together, remained my favourite song throughout that, that entire thing. season. So. Did I decide what my favourite song was last season? I don't know if you did. We'll think about that. I'll have a little think on that. I already know what your favourite song of this season is going to be. What film this is going to be. Point it to me. Oh. Oh, 100%. And I know where mine will come from. Oh, I know too. Hang on. Oh. oh. Sorry. Yeah, you're right, that one. Yeah. Or. Or. <laughs> oh, Okay. I love how the people listen. Yeah, to they're just feel. listening to us go. Or, or, okay. Uh, what music. Do you, what do you use when you're in a boat? Or, <laughs> uh, I'm gonna give it a six point five. Six point five. Again, I will give it a six. Okay. Legacy. <clears throat> oh, God. Why are you all God in? 
this there isn't really one. movie put Sullivan Bluth Studios into liquidation. Damn. It was an absolute flop. Do you know Total Film, don't know who they are, but Total Film has ranked it the 24th among 50 of the worst kids' movies ever, ever. made. Yeah, it only got, what, 20% on Rotten Tomatoes? Damn. See, it's quite funny, because I didn't hate it today. No. To be fair, not my favourite animated film ever. But I don't think I'd put it... I would easily watch this over a lot of the films we've watched and discussing together. Oh, 100%, again. yeah. Like, it wasn't that bad. No. But it also, it, it wasn't brilliant. And if you look at the Don Blue films we've done before today... I think this might be the bottom scorer of Don Bluth. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, definitely a dip in quality in terms of what he was doing. Mm. I mean, Lamb for Time is one of our highest scoring discussing Doodles movies. That's in yeah, the top five. Yeah, number four, yeah. Yeah. Four or five. Whereas this is, I don't think, it's not going to reach top five, is it? Bless it. So is there much of a legacy? There's a bad legacy, that it put it in it failed the fucking company it's one of the worst films ever did we give that legacy points for being shit <laughs> does he get a legacy point for being shit I don't I don't think I can give it anything the other thing I noticed was that Don Bluth has apparently written a novel of this film has he? yeah you can buy Rockadoodle the novel by Don Bluth by Don apparently Bluth. oh bless his little heart which I think sweet so I'm going to yeah. give that a point because we give things like that points normally we do you're right so I'm going to give it a point for having a novel even though the novel was written by the guy who did the film yeah uh, I'm give, give, yeah so I'm going to give it a point for the novel and I will give it a point for having Phil Harris and Christopher Plummer in it okay yeah I can agree with that and that's my legacy two two points okay I'm going to give it a point for having Christopher Plummer and Phil Harris. And he said Christopher Harris and Phil Plummer. Oh, they sound nice. <laughs> um, and I'm going to give it a point for having Don Bluth write a book about it. But I'm going to take away half a point for putting the thing into liquidation. So I'm going to give it 1.5. 1. 1.5. 1. That's so sad. It that's, is, because... That's the, that's the thing, though. That's what's interesting about the way how we do these films. is mm. because, I mean, like, Snow White, for example, is definitely, you know, not as good as some Disney films, but its legacy points are, yeah. you know, the reason why we have the other Disney films. Exactly, So yeah. that one, full-on 10 out of 10. Uh, whereas this, you know, it's a good film. It's scored quite well on the other points. Yes, so it's hopefully like, that its holds it up. legacy isn't the best. It's really, really tripped at this hurdle, isn't it? It has. So shall we do some mathematics? Yeah, so for story, we both gave it a 6.5. Mm-hmm. For characters, we both gave it a 6.5. Mm-hmm. For animation, we both gave it a 7.5. For music, you gave it a 6. I gave it a 6.5. Mm-hmm. For Legacy, you gave it a 2 and I gave it a 1.5. 57 out of okay. 100. That's not terrible. That's it's not, not terrible. terrible. It's only two points after only yesterday. Okay. Okay, yeah. So how are we? How is that measuring up against other Don Bluth movies? Don Bluth movies. We have got... American Tale 2 is 59.5. Okay. So it's very close to very that close one. Very close to that one. Um, then we have... All Dogs, which was 66. So it's mm-hmm. not far yeah, behind. Yeah, 10, 10 behind, 9 behind. Um, 
Then we had Land Before Time, which was 80. 80 yeah. Um, then we had American Tale, which was 69. 69. And then we had The Secret of Nim, which was 70. Yeah, so I feel like, it's like a, that's about right. It is, which we sort of said that we could tell that this was going to be the lowest sort of scoring. Yeah. Um, I enjoyed it while it was on, like I said earlier. I liked it. I wouldn't be in a rush it. to watch it, watch no, it again. No, I'd hurry to see it again. But if I ever had to watch it again, I don't think I'd be like, oh, no. Yeah. I hate that film. Don't put it on. I agree. I will happily watch it again in another ten years. <laughs> Five years. Five years. Five years. Okay, I'd let's go with that. Um, cool. Have you thought any further on uh, whether or not you can do any Alice in Wonderland impressions? Oh, my God, I haven't. No. I haven't. Um... Alice herself is quite funny, but I don't know what she says. She's like, um, <laughs> go on. <laughs> the idea of Mark doing Alice <laughs> makes me laugh. She goes, what does she say? She says, um, um, oh, oh I don't know. Does she say curiouser and curiouser? Yeah, she does. Yeah, doesn't she? Yeah. I feel like that's an Alice in Wonderland quote, right? right? But I don't know if she actually said it in the film. And then, okay, so Cheshire Cat. He's hard. That's Sterling Holloway. It is. That's Winnie the Pooh. Yeah. That's, um, what does he say? He says... Oh, bother. (laughs) Yeah, that's Pooh. That's Pooh. (laughs) But he's like, um... Oh, bother. (laughs) Like, if we had some quotes, it might be easier. Yeah. Um... The White Rabbit. I'm late. I'm late for a very important date. Yeah. I can't do an impression, though. No, it's just saying the words, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. I think from this film onwards, we're going to have to do impressions straight after we've watched films. So they're in our heads. And yeah. only yesterday, everyone was so fucking boring, you can't do impressions of them. I can. Go on. Dev Patel was like, oh, hi, I'm Dev Patel. <laughs> and Daisy Ridley <laughs> was like, oh, my God, I'm going to the farm. <laughs> so mean I, adore, I, I love both, both of them, them. So much. bullied them uh, <laughs> sorry Daisy and then Dave. the little boys were like you get periods <laughs> <laughs> and that was that was only yesterday uh, and we did them we did them we with did. characters yes great alright see you later bye <laughs> next week it's Pixar week oh I'm gonna <laughs> I'm so excited it's the incredible the Incredibles is one of my favourite films of all time. Like, not much comes close to it for it's me. It's going to be a high scorer. I'm ready I'm for telling a high you that scorer. Now. I feel like we haven't had a high scorer for a while. No, well, I like... Wild Thornbreeze. Wild Thornbreeze was 78, yeah. But I... Oh, maybe it's premature to say it this week, but I feel like this could break an 80 or above. Do you think? I think so. Okay. There's, to me... I can't think of a single downside to The Incredibles. Well, we... I might think have of just, next week. Yeah, of course, after you've watched it. But we have to we have to say, so far, we're six seasons in now, and it is yes. diffi- very fucking difficult to break 80. It is. Not many films have done it. Like two or three. Four? Yeah, four. Yeah. Two yeah. Rugrats, Prince of Egypt, Land for Time. Yeah. That's the four I can remember think of. There might yeah. be another one, and if so, I apologise. Toy Story 2, maybe. Toy Story 2. 80, but I don't know. Yeah, Toy Story 2 was 80 as well. Yeah. Um, what does Shrek get? Did that not get 80? No, it was like 77, 70... 78. 78. Damn. Yeah. But I, I, maybe I will be wrong and eat my hat, but I think The Incredibles has the potential to break an 80. Okay. 
I'm not going to disagree with I'll you. I'll say potential. Um, but it's the first of the movies this season that I think have a big chance. And we've yeah. got a couple of them. We do. It's this series is very one. exciting. Yeah. Um, and this is, this is the... Well, I've enjoyed Alice yesterday and Rockadoodle, but this is the first film I am excited to watch. Yes. I'm so keen to watch this. Yeah, me too. I'm going to have a great time with it. Very much looking forward to it. Um, In the meantime, Luke, where can we find you? At Lukey Reed. Twitter, Instagram, YouTube. Marshall. Oh, no. What? I meant to swap it round so that you got to do it. Wow, you did it last week, all right. You can find me at ActuallyMJR on Twitter, at ActuallyMJR underscore 2.0 on Instagram. Make sure to follow the show at Disc Doodles on Twitter and Instagram. And check us out on Letterboxd where you can see a complete list of all the movies that we have reviewed so far in order of preference. Wow. Was that all right? I mean, I zoned out, but it was also, I think, quite smooth. You were just on your phone. One of the... Just not even listening to you me. You make me sound so rude. I'm lovely. I'm a nice right. brother. Okay, if you say so. Thanks ever so much for listening, everyone. Um, <laughs> uh, See you next week for the Increds. Yeah, it's going to be an incredible time. Whoa, best superhero family ever. Yeah, there's no school like the old school. True. Bye, Felicia.